This podcast is distributed for informational purposes, and listeners should refer to important disclosures in the blog and the website for more information. Welcome to the WealthCast, where host Charles Bowinski and his guests share their global expertise and the most current information for your financial planning needs. Each inspiring interview will help you to maximize your financial stability and growth so you can have more time doing the things you love. And now, here's Charles. Hello and welcome to the WealthCast. I'm your host, Charles Bowinski. On this podcast, we bring you the information that you need to know in order to be a good steward of your wealth, reach your goals, and improve society. Today, I'm really pleased to welcome Sebastian Yersch, who is a wealth manager, an entrepreneur from Germany. Sebastian is going to share his experiences building a business in Germany and sort of being on the forefront of the wealth management industry and its move towards financial planning and fee-only advice in Germany. As you may know, I spent quite a bit of time over the last 10 years or so in Germany working with uh, advisors and, and speaking to them about the evolution of their industry. And, and Sebastian has always impressed me as being one of the advisors on the forefront of that, of that movement. I hope you enjoy the conversation and let's get at it. Sebastian, welcome to the WealthCast. I'm so pleased that you joined me today. I'm so excited you're having me on, and I was really looking forward to our conversation today. Well, thank you. Me too. So why don't we start, um, you know, we'll break this conversation, I think, into two parts. Mm -hmm. Let's start first with some of your thoughts about the entrepreneurial spirit and, and being an entrepreneur, and then, and then we can talk about the financial services industry in Germany and your contribution and, and where, where you think the improvements have come from and where do you think maybe you're going as an industry. Mm-hmm. So let's start. Let's start at the beginning. You know, just talk about entrepreneur. We're both entrepreneurs. We've we both started our own businesses. I think the listeners may be curious about how that may be different in Germany, if at all, than it is in the U.S. And so, why don't you give me your thoughts? So maybe for first start off, let me try to explain a little bit how I how I entered the industry. Because not, not many people know, before I studied economics and finally started my career as financial planner 20 odd years ago, I actually worked as a professional musician in classical orchestras. And so I was highly trained in listening carefully, but not only to what has literally been said, but also what you can feel underneath. So I call it the metaphysics of nonverbal conversation via music. And even though I have been falsely dismissing this phase of my life, I later came to the realization that there is the tremendous power in this unique ability of connecting with people non-verbally, or more precisely, I feel the real potential of financial planning resides exactly in the combination of the soft side that lies in the communication skills with the hard facts or the technical knowledge, the tax rules, the investment and retirement details that we as financial planner feel knowledge, knowledge belong. But there was another aspect that has financial implications and that I encountered at the end of my musical career. The success of a financial musician, particularly in classical music, is not only dependent on the high standard 
of your physical or your musical abilities, but also with the limitation that comes with your instruments. To be a high professional to, or to, to buy a high professional instrument is a very costly issue. And uh, this is a real material battle. And for many talented people, uh, a situation they often cannot compete with. And so I found myself in that kind of restrictions and I decided not to be part uh, uh, in that circus anymore. And hence the profound finding for me here was money can be a tremendous enabler. And so I got deeply involved in the question how I can help individuals to fulfill their dreams and how money can support their ideal picture of their life. And so I studied economics and started my career as financial planner 20 odd years ago with a financial corporation. And I still can hear one of the leading managers telling us as trainees, just do what we tell you and you will be all right. You will be successful. <laughs> right. Well, soon I had to find out that it was true. It would be all right, but at the costs of my clients, the ones that have given me the trust for their financial future. And so I found out it was not real financial planning they had in mind, but a pure commission-driven financial sales business disguised as financial planning. As you can imagine, this was a kind of a disappointment to me. And so I left and founded my own company. Yeah, that's a, that's a disappointment that we both shared in our in our careers. I've had this very, very similar experience without being a talented musician as a prequel. Um, so, so, okay, so cool. but that's a really unique story. And, and I have to say, Sebastian, I think you're the only person I know in our industry who started out as a musician, mm -hmm. went back to school and became, uh, you know, an advisor, which is, which is fantastic. And I think, uh, you know, logic would say to me that the precision that is required and I'm an absolute novice in terms of music. I don't really have any musical talent. But my understanding of that skill is that it's, it requires extreme precision. Absolutely. And a sense for or a feeling for the music as much as the, the notes themselves. And so uh, I think that's really interesting. And I think something that you said earlier rang really true, that being successful in this uh, business and success, I would define as having the ability to get your clients to their goals, that, that would be how I would define success, is really a combination, as you really clearly stated, of the soft skills and the hard skills. And that, that's a really keen observation. Absolutely. I agree totally. And this is likewise the, the biggest obstacle, obstacles I met later on. Uh, you know, by even within within own company in Germany these days, and to a large extent uh, uh, until today, I have to acknowledge that it is a hard business with financial planning consulting approach, with a pure financial planning uh, approach, surrounded by a huge financial industry and business models that are purely commission driven. And there are particularly two aspects to that that turned out to be an obstacle and uh, that I want to highlight a little bit. First, the missing understanding and acceptance of fee-only advice within the German society. You know, over the years, people have been accustomed to the fact that they get advice for free. Accepting and even knowing the advisor is finally paid by the bank or the insurance company from which the advisor has sold the product to the client. Mm -hmm. And this is crazy in so many ways because 
people are just not knowing how much, in fact, they are paying without seeing it. Yeah, having the, the transparency to the costs and, and in the relationship is really, really important. Absolutely. And why is it so important? Because the costs are reducing the net income for an investor. So exactly what the clients need needs as cash flow to maintain their lifestyle. And in addition to that, higher costs in relation with financial products have no quality promise. This is the point where it is somehow counterintuitive for the investor. In the rest of the economy, we expect better quality for higher costs, isn't it? Yes. And with financial products, it's the contrary. We see an overwhelming number of research that is showing us that higher costs are not related to higher investors' outcome over a long period of time. Or in other words, costs have a negative impact. And in the US and UK, I feel you have already an understanding of the impact of costs to the investor's outcome. And hence, you have a quite different advisory scene, public discussion, and foremost, a legislation. Whereas in Germany, there is still a legal system intact that supports the old commission-driven business models. As you, as you might know, we, we just had our elections here in Germany. And from the mm -hmm. ex exploratory talks we hear through the industry, that, that, that how an advisor receives compensation today will certainly not be the subject. Well, if such topics come up at all, they expect drafts of a bill that would not lead to an immediate, immediate ban on commission, but rather, if so, then to an exit from the commission-based system. That tells you enough on how long we have to go. And, you know, this, this thinking still prevails the industry and the society at large. If it comes to investing money, people still would go to the big financial institutions, to the banks instead, to an independent wealth management firm like ours. Even though they've heard about the cost issue and ETF solutions, for instance, but what they hear is again driven by the industry and the media, and in many cases, not very helpful to take sound financial decisions for the future. So you can also detect the herd instinct of people here, you know, it seems to be like a risk-reducing, risk-mitigating mitigating attitude, better to do what others are doing, you know, what, what's the mainstream. So why to go to an independent advisor instead of the big banks that's supposed to have the unique access to financial instruments, the experience and the manpower? You know, so there, there, there's still a lot of information needed about what is the difference a real financial planner what an independent wealth management firm can deliver to individuals. Yeah, I think that's really, um, it's really interesting, Sebastian, because it's similar to, to what we experienced 25 or, or 30 years ago mm. in the U.S. And while, while our industry has been evolving fairly rapidly mm. here, it still has a ways to go. Yeah. Okay. So that's always been part of the interesting, interesting part of the conversation with you and the other German advisors that I've had the good fortune to know over the years, just understanding a little bit of the frustration that you feel because you're very, very sure that the new way, the new business model is better than the old business model, principally because it's better for the client, right? It's clear. They understand their costs. You're sitting on the same side of the table with them, all those, all those important considerations. Yet, there's this infrastructure in the financial services industry that makes that evolution difficult. Absolutely. So with that background, 
it makes it really interesting to hear why you decided, despite those things, despite that difficulty, why you decided to take the risk and build your own mm-hmm. company, mm-hmm. which is, which, which is at, at its core, the entrepreneurial story. I think a, a big eye opener, and this is this is this is the second point I I, I really like to talk about, um, um, and I feel it's even more important. And this relates to integrity. You know, we are in the people's business, aren't we? And we all expect mutual trust, so we are in the trust business. But how can can we expect a trustful relationship with our clients, but also with our friends, family members? business partners, literally with everyone, when there is no integrity. And I've collected this wonderful definition of integrity from George Kinder, someone who in the financial planning scene in the English-speaking world is a well-known and highly acknowledged personality. And he says, integrity is acting from a place of wholeness and clarity in regard to one's values. It is a natural state of ethical balance. We all know when we are acting in in integrity. We also know right away when we lack integrity. Even for a moment, we flinch internally. We feel, at the very least, a moment of doubt, shame, guilt or remorse. It is like, like a wave of disturbance that moves through us. Actions that lack integrity cause far more damage internally than we can imagine, particularly If we try to paper them up with rationalizations or explanations, we unconsciously begin to think of ourselves as liars or cheats. Our relationships are robbed of real intimacy and our business activities are plagued with frustration, inefficiency and a lack of clarity. And this actually was an eye-opener to me. I realized that particularly in our industry, it seems to be a common attitude to justify own wrong behavior by blaming the circumstances, referring to the legal framework, or to what others are doing as well. But all that doesn't make a wrong thing a good and a right thing, does it? And here, it's not on me to, to say what is right or wrong, but I saw the great opportunities that comes when we as advisors with our business models would think differently. Yeah, and I think... That's very similar to how those of us that were in this industry in the U.S. 30 years ago saw it. The parallels are pretty remarkable, Mm. even though we're thousands of miles apart. You know, the the hard part for those of us, again, in the industry 25 or 30 years ago was this constant feeling that you were at at odds with your client Mm. and wondered how, you know, when you when you first started your your business, what the biggest challenge was because intellectually you knew that it was better, right? You knew you, you, you had a lot of confidence that it was better, but that doesn't make it successful right out of day, day one, right? Mm. You had still have to do all the mm. work to, 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 mm. um, to set the stage for success. So what, what was the biggest challenge that you think you faced beyond just the public acceptance of something different? Because we, we all face that, right? You know, I mean, the biggest challenge was exactly what I what I just talked about, yeah. the defining the, the about the own integrity. Yeah. Defining of your own purpose, if you will. Yeah. And, until that point, I actually knew 
I was doing, you know, the wealth management the best I can. I mean, with all the blueprints I collected from all over the world. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's why I went out to the US, to UK, to connect with people like great financial advisors in huge firms that actually have shown that there must be a different way. And, but it all comes down, are yourself, are you yourself, are you ready to talk to clients from your heart? So as usual, when you, when you know your biggest challenges, you know your biggest opportunities. And it feels counterintuitive at first, but what, what happens when you manage to take yourself out of the equation? When you manage, manage to be courageous enough to talk to your clients from your heart, to be courageous enough to listen to your clients without intention, without hidden plan. So, you know, it's so hard if you think of a business model that is designed to sell products. And I certainly don't want to derogate any traditional advisor. I mean, I, mean, I, I think there are so many good people out there that want to do good for their clients. But the industry, the legal framework, and so the business models have trained them in a completely different way that makes it nearly impossible to detach from the pure selling attitude. Mm -hmm. But if you position yourself, and this is, this is something I had to do with myself, instead as, a, as firstly a good listener who is able to really listen with empathy, then you really connect with your clients and everything else follows the trust, the enthusiasm, the willingness to working with you. And based on that, you will find a so much bigger success for your own business development because your personality shines and helps your clients to free up from their underlying worries when it comes to lay their financial future solely in your hands. For instance, one of the reactions to the worries of clients we see is typically advisor diversification. I don't know. I'm not sure about the situation in the US, but here in Germany, a lot of clients have this strategy in order to mitigate total loss, <laughs> to separate their money and let it manage by different advisors, you know, uh, which would be a great idea if, if they actually knew who of the advisors is specialist in world equity, uh, the one who is knowledgeable about small caps, the other one who knows about emerging markets, and the other one is who is specialist in fixed income, for instance. And following that logic, now the clients must know his financial plan and should accordingly divide and put the money in, in the adequate proportion that fits his perfectly to his own needs. But what happens instead? Being reluctant to give all the information that is needed to do it properly, clients do not open up. And in a way, every single advisor that manages a trench of the whole just has the bit of information the clients decides to give at that moment and consequently the advisor must do mistakes in setting up a proper portfolio that is designed to support the dreams and goals of the client. And instead, clients end up with cluster risk induced by missing trust. Yeah. So to, to, to sum it up, finding a business model that really puts the client first. I mean, we often, often see it as a, as a marketing slogan or hear it as a, as a lip service. But I mean, really open you up as a human being connecting with another human being without any prejudice, unbiased, being really interested in the life of the other one. Educating yourself with communication skills that allows you to build up 
an ongoing profound lasting relationship and helping your clients with your financial planning expertise. And they need this kind of expertise. I mean, that's why we, we are so desperately needed in this, in this society to use their resources wisely, their wealth, their lifetime, their energy to lead the most fulfilled life they can imagine. So this might be a guide for not only a better client's experience, but also much more satisfying business success for ourselves as an advisor. And so this, in a way, this was my approach. First, when, when, when I found about this kind of communication to really relate with clients, you know, the, the, the success was following automatically. Yeah, well, you know, I found that, you know, separating yourself, se separating your interests from the outcome of the client is really, really important. Making sure that allows you to always put their needs ahead of yours. And if you do that, while it sounds counterintuitive, it actually builds a better experience for the client. It builds a better experience for you and it builds a better business. And it's the long way. It's not the, sh is, there's no shortcut there, right? No. It's the long way of doing it, but it's the much more, in my personal experience, it's the much more rewarding way of building a business. And, and, and not only, only numbers wise, I mean, it's not, it's, it's, it's a person, it's, it's personally so rewarding if you really feel the gratitude, if you really feel the energy of your clients when they are fulfilling on their dreams and seeing you as the trusted advisor who has enabled them to free up, you know, and as you probably might know through your long lasting experience as financial advisors, it, it's not about the numbers of the, the, the value they have, whether people live a free life. You know, you have clients with millions and they still restrict they, themselves because money is such an, this is such an, a weird concept in so many ways. And there are so many connotations and, and so many paradigms where we grew up with and uh, to help clients, to help other people, basically, human beings, to let go of that and use these resources wisely. This is an ability you have to develop in yourself. And there, there are certain ways to do it, um, you know, uh, and probably there are a lot of um, different ways to do it perfectly. I mean, you know, the most efficient way I got to know the method of financial life planning, that's a method we, we are using or I use with George Kinder, but it doesn't matter. It's a question, are you, are you really able, as you said, to relate with your clients, to connect with your clients intentionless. And this is so hard, particularly in a, in a sales-driven business. Yeah, yeah. but how, how am I closing the deal? You know, I mean, this is, this, is really, this, this, this is really an obstacle. But you have to overcome it as a human being, as an, as an advisor, as a personality here. And I think from, you know, as an entrepreneur, there are different obstacles that you face, right? There's the there's the obstacle of regulation and, and industry structure. Mm. There's the obstacle of you personally getting comfortable with change and taking risk. Mm. That's an obstacle. There's an obstacle in terms of creating an organization that has appeal to a marketplace. Mm -hmm. and, and all of those things um, you've done very successfully. You've overcome the obstacles very successfully. And it's really interesting for me to watch you and other advisors in Germany go through something that we went through 
maybe two decades ago mm. and we're and let's let's be let's be clear we're always learning right you, you the day you stop learning and improving is you might as well give it up so I'm, i don't mean to say that we've reached the finish line on this what i mean to say is it's really affirming and rewarding to see smart folks like you make this transition for your own country because at the end of the day what you're doing and what you're professing i think is good for society it's good for society to have transparency. It's good for society for the individual participants to have better returns. All of these things are, are very positive, and you're making your own contribution to that goal, to that result. And I think it's fantastic. On the other hand, just say one thing, um, without the support of people like you, without, you know, seeing that this world can be different. You know, sometimes we are so limited. You know, amongst a lot of things I've learned, I would say the most important thing I would recommend it and I've learned is stay open and curious for the impossible things. You know, we often find ourselves too quickly, quickly in our so-called real world where we judge over situations and dismiss possibilities. We're so quick in saying that's not realistic, that is not possible. Our thinking is too often superimposed by the deterministic framework that comes with our environment, but more often and even more profound with our own judgmental attitude towards ourselves. And that keeps us from doing things we can do regardless of the circumstances. So I like more the thinking of what we can do instead what we cannot do. And so reflecting back, when I came with the idea of changing my business model 10 years ago, I was surrounded by people that either weren't believing that it is possible, or in the best case, they were just asking, but how do you want to do this? How could that work out for you? And I found that by just going your way, and staying curious for the wonderful things in the world you meet automatically on your way the help. You meet the people that help you to reach your goals. And I mean, that's what I did. I went out to the US, to UK. I'm, I met experienced people like you and I listened. And yeah, finally got a tremendous help and a blueprint on a business model, how, on how a business model could look like here in Germany as well. And that's something, as you said, you know, this development never stops. And so, you know, I can't really say, you know, I'm finished. This is, it feels the same like you, but, but now I, I feel I'm so advanced in comparison to, to other advisors they are still desperately seeking. They're trying to, to get orientation on how could it look like. So I find an attitude that describes the spirit of open curiosity best is the beginner's mind. You know, beginner's mind is always fresh, new, seeing things as if it is for the first time. Sometimes we are so expert that our mind is so full of our expertise, but that leaves us without any realm of novelty or new possibilities. You know, and uh, in the mind of an expert, they say they are only 
a very few possibilities, whereas in the beginner's mind, there are infinite possibilities because we come to it fresh. Yeah. This is a kind of discipline to bring the beginner's mind to every aspect of our life and not to be stuck in our own opinions about how much we like this or dislike that or what the outcome of a particular situation might be. And so I think this is, this is a really challenging thing to do. And, you know, when you're talking to people, for instance, and no matter what you say, they react straight away with, oh, yes, I know. And you can actually see in their faces and you feel that they haven't understood at all. Not to mention that they haven't listened properly. Moreover, they have just interpreted what you said into their world and their paradigms. And you can feel how every conversation is killed in an instant. And when instead we come with this freshness of a beginner's mind, when the reaction, then the reaction would be, oh, interesting, tell me more. And so it has a, trans a tremendous transformative quality that, that are associated with it. Um, uh, you're open with people and you don't insist they have to be as they were the last time or when you met them the first time. And so, you leave space for personal evolution and as a consequence they feel seen and recognized and met in a way they haven't experienced and that benefits them and also us. And I think this is so much true for our, our clients, for the work with our clients, but this is so much true for development with other advisors in Germany. I see people who are really open-minded that have this kind of beginner's mind and are ready to listen to you in new ways and thinking about the impossible, making possible. Yes. I mean, the thing is, if you don't, if you don't know what, what, if we were talking about the impossible, people have no, no picture of what is possible. And that's, this is the weird thing. And so this is the biggest challenge. But I think um, we all can develop some kind of attitudes that help us to develop personally and, and to free our thinking up to think in certain terms. I mean, this was something I really had a great benefit from. And uh, again, with a, with a great support of my friends and colleagues uh, from all over the world. I mean, that just to see that it's possible, that's how a business, business model could look like, is so inspiring. So thank you very much. On the other hand, for, for, for the sport over the years. And I always remember a conversation when we, when we were in Schladming in Austria. And, you know, you were the one who was listening. And you, you said something that suddenly struck me. You said something like, I can see how desperately you want this. And you, you were totally right. You were totally right. And this kind of Building up a relationship was the clue. You, you, you have no idea how much you helped me on my way, Chess. So thank you very much, uh, if I might this well, publicly here. You're very, you're very welcome. It's, I'm honored um, and, and flattered that you would say that. I think that one of the best experiences I've had in my entire career has been, and perhaps, of course, the best experience is helping your clients reach their goals. But the second best experience has been my interactions with advisors in mm -hmm. Germany and all the experiences that I've had there, Germany and Austria um, and in the UK, just trying to help where I can help has been very, very rewarding. But I think going back to your comments about the beginner's mind, I, I think that that's key, whether you're in the financial services industry or you're making you know, semiconductors, 
what, whatever business you're in, Absolutely. looking th- looking at things with a broader perspective and the idea of um, there are no real rules, there are only opportunities. I think is is really important to success, and and so I think first there's a couple of things. First, I, I'd like to thank you for for joining me on this podcast. Your comments have been very well said, and, and your your explanations have been very clear. And I'm sure that the listeners have have gotten a lot out of those comments. I look forward to having further conversations with you and seeing the development of your business from afar, and hopefully. Um, as the pandemic lessens and mm. travel becomes easier, et cetera, we'll get a chance to see each other face to face again. But in the meantime, let's stay in touch and hopefully we can do this again and, and I can check in with you to see where things are and, and you can share your insights with the listeners. Thank you very much, Jess, for the opportunity to talk to your listeners. Thank you very much, uh, you know, that you, you are helping the way you are doing it to make it seeable for for the rest of the world, that there is another way and a better way to do financial uh, business or wealth management business. So uh, it's 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 a great work you are doing, and thank you very much for you know having given me the chance to talk and to talk about you. It was it was really a pleasure for me. Thank you. Well, you're very very welcome. We'll talk again soon. Brilliant. Thanks. Cheers. Thank you so much for joining Sebastian Yersh and myself on today's podcast. I hope you found his perspectives on both the entrepreneurial spirit and wealth management interesting and and helpful. Please feel free to reach out to me with any questions or comments. I'm always interested in hearing feedback from the listeners, and I really appreciate uh, you taking some time out of your day to listen to uh, our conversation. Thanks very much, and until the next time, stay well. Thanks for tuning in to The Wealthcast. You can get all the details on this episode, our guests, and everything you need to know so you can create and enjoy the luxury of financial independence by visiting us at moderawealth.com slash thewealthcast. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you catch every episode. We'll see you next time on The Wealthcast. This has been a production of Twin Flame Studios.